¿Esta es una Leica? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Leica Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and today's guest is Juan Carlos Gonzalez. So once again, thank you for taking the time out of your day, being a guest on the show, giving the listeners something to listen to. So please introduce yourself, where you're at, where you've been, what you do, anything you like the world to know. Good morning or buenos días. Juan Carlos Gonzalez, um, original from Puerto Rico, uh, currently living in Vermont, the state of Vermont, or like they call it in Vermont, brave little state. Um, used to live in Boston, relocated to Vermont once COVID hit. Uh, we had a place up there while we were working in Boston and New York and then realized COVID hit. We're like, ah, oh, what the heck, let's go up there. So it's been been a journey, it's been a blessing and we're pretty lucky to be up there. Okay. So just, quite, just a, a random question. Of all the other locations, why Vermont? You know, we we were thinking of a that actual location that it would be maximum three hour drive. We're we're pretty active, um, and when I say active, we I, I mean my husband and I, and we just like to be outdoors. We like to be close enough to a, a place where we can travel in and out. My husband worked in New York, so it was just one of those things. It's like you know we need a place to get away. Fourteen years, fifteen years ago, we went to the or state of Vermont for a getaway and fell in love with it and always kept looking around and one day just looked on Zillow. I remember it was a Thursday around midnight after a few drinks. I was like, oh, that looks awesome. <laughs> Send the realtor a note. I'm like, is this legit? Like, is this for real? This is a pretty sweet deal. And she said, yes, come see it. That was Thursday. I went to see it on Saturday. Sunday we put an offer and then we were homeowners in Vermont by the end of the month, I think. Wow, that's awesome. So congratulations on that. Being a homeowner is not an easy thing. Uh, I personally don't want to be a homeowner. I enjoy apartments just because it's easy for me to leave if I need to. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, like I said, congratulations on owning a house and moving to Vermont. Never been there. Don't know much about it never really piqued my interest. However, I do like traveling. So now the thought and the ideas of a place I've never heard of, never been to before. Well, I've heard of Vermont, so I kind of said that wrong. But um, yeah, maybe I'll look it up and see some cool places to go check out. What city? Location? Now you have an excuse to come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but what city would you recommend in Vermont? You know, we're right in the center of it. Um, Woodstock, Vermont, is, is just one of those towns that you look at and, and you look at a postcard and you're like, wow, is this town for real? And when you look at a postcard or a picture mm-hmm. of Woodstock, Vermont, is exactly what you will get when you get there. Um, nice. You want a little bit of more lively city vibe in the state of Vermont. You go to Burlington, that's a bigger town. Um I always have a hard time saying this word of this town. It's called Barrow Barrow. I can't, I, I can't pronounce that name. Um, but that's the southern town of Vermont. It's really art, artsy and really hip and, and really cool town. A lot younger, obviously. 
Um, so there's those three that, that you'll get, like from the South, you go kind of hip, then you go to Woodstock, it's a little bit more cutesy, um, I'll say older crowd. And then Burlington is, is just a bigger town. It's like the biggest town in, in Vermont. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to start looking up some locations there. And if I happen to be in the States and pass through Vermont, at least I know where I'll go. Uh, but that's cool. I like that you mentioned the first city is kind of like postcard town, and it's exactly what you'll see in a postcard. So, uh, have you ever made any photos for a postcard? You know, I I I guess that when I started the whole um, exploring photography, I used to take pictures, turn them into a postcard and send it to, to my family. Okay. Um, and it was just more of a coincidence that I will do it. And it will, it will it sort of stick where they were like, mm. wow, we're, that, that place looks amazing. Um, so it was very much, it was intentional to kind of do that aspect of like, it's my photography. Now that I think about it, I'm like, Oh, I guess that mm. I sort of started right. <laughs> okay. That's cool. So when did you begin making photos? And when you did start, was it making postcard photos for your family? Um, yeah. So, gosh, film. I remember those. Um, I used to print them. I, I didn't develop them myself. I used to go somewhere to a local pharmacy uh, in Puerto Rico. I, I was raised and born in Puerto Rico. Um small town, Como Nabo, and the pharmacy, you will drop off the film and they will develop for you. But that was, oh my God, I was, what, 12, maybe younger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd have many money. Like, we were, you know, we grew up in the projects in Puerto Rico. So it was just one of those things that I would either <laughs> mow the lawn for my neighbors or do something to get that extra cash to be able to do that. And I mean, to print some pictures that's a postcard was a treat. Um, so it was a special occasion. So I would say like 10, 10 years old, 12. Okay. It's a young age, man. Yeah. Most of the people I speak to, they always start photography at such a young age. And me, I started in my late twenties. I'm way behind, but no worries. I found it and I enjoy doing it. So that's all that matters. Right. Never too late. Exactly. So when did you first discover street photography? Uh, street photography, you know, I have a dear friend. Um, his, his name is Kiko. Uh, really fun guy. He used to work with his wife. Um, and he always did street photography. And I always admire his work. Um but I never like practice it myself as a me too. And I always enjoy that. And I guess because growing up in Puerto Rico, we have all the mountains, all the beach and everything. So I always enjoy that mm-hmm. landscape aspect. So I did, I said that in the older time, like in my twenties is when I started to realize that I sort of enjoy that lively movement action shots. Yeah. So, what do you like about street photography? What inspires you? You know, I've always said that 
I, 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 I wish um, we live in a in a rush sort of thing, you know, not a rush. I will say more of a like the adrenaline that is always like pumping, and I feel that when I go to New York City, when I go back to Boston, when I go to Chicago, it's just there's so much happening, mm-hmm. um, and you have just those seconds, like literally, like. And a perfect example is like here, uh, I'm in Puerto Rico visiting family for the holidays. Uh, um, and a pigeon flew in front of me and the sun was behind it. And it's just that second. And, and that's how I feel like when I start looking into the photography aspect on the streets, um, that, that is all you see. It's just, you know, you, there are scenarios where you have time, you, you know, you can analyze the situation, but for the most part, I feel that you have that split second that is like, you miss it and it's just so rushing and constantly happening something so i, I love that part mm-hmm. okay you mentioned chicago do you visit there often you know the last time i went to chicago was in 2008 and then i just went there this summer okay. of 2022 and but i was there for like a week and it felt like it was way overdue. <laughs> Too long for you? But, no, meaning like it was way overdue for me to, you know, Is I, it? I just love the city. It's such okay. a beautiful yeah. um, city that I am. In fact, one of my pictures was uh, selected by like uh, Photography International. So it was really nice so from Chicago. So it was really encouraging to go back there. <laughs> I'm from Chicago. I'm from Pilsen. Do you know? Uh, nice. I mean, I, I go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say if you know are familiar with the neighborhood. No, and I'm not. I mean, I, I spend most of my time in the Puerto Rican neighborhood, uh, Humboldt Park on the north side. Humboldt Park, yeah. And then I had a. Um, I went to the Puerto Re- the International Puerto Rican Museum. Okay. Right there in Humboldt Park. Have you ever been to the Puerto Rican Day Parade up there? No, I but I walked through the Puerto Rican Avenue and yeah. it was like deja vu. It was really cool, but I've never been. Have you? Uh, it's too dangerous for me. I like my life. I stay away from the guns. Too many hooligans, criminals out there. It's it's a fun good time, but uh, you know I always get harassed by the gang members out there. So. Uh, I just stood away from it. I did go when I was younger. When you're a kid, you're innocent. And then you grow older and people just want to bother you for no reason. So uh, the older I got, the more I just decided to stay away from there. But I used to go to the north side to get my hair cut every Friday because the Puerto Ricans up there cut the best hair. So shout out to you, Luquillos, little barbershop, open, great place to go, right by the flags on... It's Division, Division or North Avenue. It's been so long since I've been up there, but it's one of those. Nice. So you briefly mentioned you shot film. Do you still shoot on film now? No, I have not. It's been decades. Okay. Well, you're, you're not missing much because... You'd be saving yourself a lot of money. It's so fucking expensive now. Ugh. 
I just dropped off 13 <laughs> rolls. I'm trying to keep my, because every time I, I shoot film still, not still, I started about five years ago and I like shooting it. I don't know why I keep telling myself I'm going to stop, but I can't stop. I just enjoy it too much. But I have this little bag and uh, before I would just keep shooting and shooting and collecting all these rolls of films and just letting the bag fill up. And then whenever it fills up, take it. Until the last time I did that, it was close to $600 just to have it developed. Developed only, not scanned, because I have my own scanner. Uh, and I was like, this is a lot of money just for developing. So I decided about 10 undeveloped rows is when I'm going to start dropping it off just so I can start splitting the charges up. It makes a lot of sense for me. Save a lot of time. But yeah, it's so expensive. I was just gonna say, what, what, how much is it to, to develop a uh, these days? I, I can't, I honestly like can't even remember how much I spent when I was younger. Yeah, I, I don't know what the development costs were in the past. I do know that about four years ago, it was about eight dollars to develop, and for some reason, I don't know why, they charge more to develop black and white film than they do color film. So the color film is close to $10 a roll and black and white is close to $18 a roll. I don't get it, but I shoot, yeah, I shoot more black and white than I do color. So that's where all the the cost comes up. So, uh, yeah, it's up really fast. Especially when you have all those (laughs) rolls laying around you're like, Oh shoot, I forgot about this one. Yeah, the thing was, when I started shooting film, I I wanted to shoot all these different film stocks just so I could see what they look like. And I bought bulk, bulk like lots, like I went to Costco and they had a sale on film and I just kept buying all these shelves full of film. I had a lot of film and it took me almost a year to shoot it all. And I got to a point where I have just enough film to shoot what I want to with the film. But I don't know how I keep getting gifted film, but color film, which is okay. I want to stick to black and white because I want all my films to look consistent now. But it's okay. People can gift me the color film. I want to take it. I'm going to shoot it. Uh, But for me now, I I only purchase uh, HP5 black and white film because I love the look and it's easy to shoot. I don't, have you ever shot with HP5 a long time ago? No, I have not. I, I literally used to use like one of those disposable cameras, oh. uh, the ones that you Google. Um, gosh, like that's like deja vu now. Like the ones that you like get the, um, with the you know manually, would you just like scroll to get mm-hmm. to the next picture? Yeah, yeah. The disposable ones, and they would tell you in the little screen how many. Yeah, exactly. Okay. How many shots you have left? <laughs> I just saw a recent post online. Kodak is going to release disposable film, black and white camera, one of those cameras you're talking about, but um, Tri-X 400. Uh, I would be a lot more excited than I am now, except I can just buy the film and put it in my own camera. Probably a little cheaper, but that's that's that. That should be interesting. I can't, I can't wait to see that. 
Yeah, I hope they. I think Ilford does somewhat HP five too. I guess they're trying to compete. Um, but anyways, uh, why don't you walk us through your process of making photos in the street? Like, what do you do? Um, what do you look for elements? What catches your eye? What attracts you to making a photo? You know, I think that this all goes back to um, like back to when I was in the corporate world. I, I, I mean, I worked 14 years in the pharmaceutical industry, and I used to travel the world with them. And every time that I walked into a meeting, I, I was their their senior compliance auditor, and I will walk into a meeting with always a camera mm-hmm. around my neck, and they will ask me like, "Oh, are you a photographer here?" I'm like, "No, I'm here to do my audit." and Let's get to work. And it was just constantly, that was one of the things that I will tell them before I arrived that I will have my camera, I won't record anything, but I will capture anything that it will catch my eye and I will hold it against them. Yeah. Um, but it was just walking through some of these massive warehouse, walking through some of these facilities between buildings and some of these places have roads within, it was almost like a campus. There was always either someone going from one building to another on a skateboard and we're talking like adults, you know, on a suit. And I'm like, this is just so wild and cool. And then, and I guess like when I was a little kid, I used to always, we used to get the newspaper and the back of my door in my bedroom, I used to cut pictures from the newspaper and I just like glue them into the back of my door mm-hmm. and I will go back and kind of see like what other people will see and, and, and constantly like, Compared to what I what I will find attractive and interesting and artistic, uh, if for me it's always that different angle, and I, I look at something, and I somehow see a level of art. And I think, granted, I, I think the photography within itself is art. But when you when when I see it, I feel that it's just there's angles, there's some edges that nobody else sees it. And I feel that when I capture, when I see it, it's exactly what I want people to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just taking a picture for the heck of it. I just feel, and because it's pretty or because it's like interesting or it will make a cool picture for social media. Um, I just feel that what I see is what I want to capture. And, and it works for me somehow. Okay. So how do you get your photos to tell that story on what it is you want to capture? You know, I, I, I guess that I, I like to, whatever I see, I, I will try to minimize any alteration. And, and by alteration, I mean, you know, doing a lot of cropping or doing a lot of, um, post-production work. And I've, I've always learned from a dear friend that he said, if you're spending more than 60 seconds on an image, the image is junk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that always stuck with me. And, and, and even when I'm looking at a picture or I'm looking at this particular frame that I love and I'm like, 60 seconds seems like a long time to like stare at something and not realize that you like it or not the way it is. Um, but I, 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 I pride myself on that. Like when people hire me to do something or but to do a job, I, I don't like doing a lot of post-production and, 
and I put it in writing. I tell people, uh, if there's anything that you want me to capture, tell me. And if not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be captured. It's gonna be what I see and what I like. And but you have to tell me what you want me to capture if you want me to capture it. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So, do you do a lot of paid work as well? Yeah, I do. Okay. Portraits, uh, commercial work. What do we got? What are we dealing with over there? Uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything. You know, I guess that the part of work in the pharmaceutical industry um, in the past is, is it is fascinating now when people look at me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. They they will ask me, "Hey, are you still looking to do some consulting?" Um, pharmaceutical work and they're like well wait a minute you are an art director and you are a photographer let's talk about this and they will hire me to do all their executive team sometimes like 12 to 15 people and sometimes local restaurants within Boston and Vermont will ask me hey so we just opened a new restaurant we're having a special chef or a special guest coming um can you photograph that? And I will walk them through that aspect of this is how I like to photograph commercial work, whereas, you know, in action in the kitchen, um, people are screaming at each other. And so I like that part too. And again, it brings it back to the artistic part. Um, and then the same thing, new, new establishment, if there's a, a new restaurant or something that they want to capture and, and share, I'll do that as well. Okay. That's interesting. That's cool. Uh, I wanted to try to get into that kind of work, but I don't want to say I don't have the patience. I kind of just lost the desire to do it. Now, whenever I focus on advertising my um, services, I'll get a few paid shots here and there, but for the most part, I just I don't really have the interest on in doing it. And whenever I do, I'm like, I can't see myself doing it forever because I I just really love being out in the streets making um, photo journalistic style documentaries, street photography kind of photos. That's what I love now. But I know that if I need to, I can still switch and do that kind of commercial work. So, But that's also a good skill to have. Um, I did want to ask you, do you feel like your street photography style, however you create photos in the street, has um, contributed to doing commercial or paid work? Yeah, you know, I think that when when you look at some of the work that I've done for corporate headshots, I, you know, I obviously I have my backdrop that is very professional, very, you know, obviously like, office-ish type. Um, but I also like to ask the, the client whenever we do that is, is there any outdoor space, like a roof or a terrace that we can go to? And, and the, the, the part that I love about that is that it sort of incorporates that street aspect and the architectural aspect of it mm-hmm. within the photography. And when I look at some other corporate website or some of the websites, you know, like their, their headshots are, I mean, not because I take them, I think that they're really nice <laughs> and they turn out really cool. But then also when I see that, that they select the 
I send them several options like this is this for you or for you to use this between five and 10 images, um, different outfits, different backdrops, but then they end up using the one with, uh, where the buildings are sort of coming together and they're like in the back. I mean, the buildings are in the back. So is that aspect of, you know, incorporating the street with that professional part. And, and I love that the, the corporate and companies are doing that more. So it's not that straightforward headshot mm-hmm. where it's like you're indoors with a backdrop suit tie. And that's it. Now, I feel like people are involved in on that aspect. Yeah. They're embracing your creativity, which is really good that they're actually starting to do that, allowing um, photographers to be more creative instead of just doing simple headshots with single light, double light, triple light, however many lights with a, a backdrop. So, absolutely, that's awesome. So, what would you say you like most about being a street photographer as opposed to? Uh, commercial photographer? Um, always on the go. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very social person. Um, I I feel that I get to interact with people. Um, I've learned, obviously, you know, that taking Im- images of, of, of people on the street, you know, you want to talk to them and you want to, ex- you know, get their their stories and, and be able to share it and, and have that aspect. So, so I love that part. I like think that there was a time and I, I, I still don't think that there's still that virtual thing where people are always on social media and displaying their work. And it seems like that they're very popular or doing something. But in reality, I feel that there's a lot of that, photography aspect that is just being created to make it look like versus what I love is the, the interaction with an individual that I happen to see. I mean, there are times that people are just in a skateboard and they just fly by and then I don't get a chance to talk to them, but it's a pretty cool frame. Um, but meeting people, I love meeting new people. And, and that to me is the part that, that I, I mean, I tell people, I say, you know, I took this image, you know, can I take this picture and I'll send it to you. And, and, and that part I love. Um, and I guess that I, I've never lost that from growing up that we were always hanging out with friends, always hanging out with neighbors and always interacting and, and that I don't want it to die. So that's, that's the part that I love the most, I guess. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just something so special about being on the streets and, uh, able to connect differently with the people out there. Um, Definitely agree. Now, you briefly mentioned you moved to Vermont because of COVID. Um, but I would like to know how the COVID pandemic, it's going to be kind of a two-part question. How the COVID pandemic affected your photography in the beginning? And now that COVID is kind of just non-existent anymore and everything is pretty much normal as if it never happened. Um, what's it like now, your photography? You know, when I was in Boston before COVID, um, photography was there. And, and, and what I mean by there is that I did it and people hired me to do gigs here and there. Um, but then when I went to Vermont, 
um, we had the house before we, we, you know, before COVID hit and it was a no brainer to just like just pack and go and, and just go to Vermont. And so what I did was, um, I came up with the idea of asking people within the town. I sent an email to, to the local town, um, Clark or whatever it is that they have, like, like a newsletter, so to speak, that goes to everyone in, in town. And the town is tiny. It's really small. Um, mm-hmm. You should look it up again. It's, just, it's Woodstock, Vermont. It's super cute. Um, so I sent them a note and I said, hey, I'm, I come up with this. I think that I, what I want to do is is provide families with a, a family portrait within their own home, mm-hmm. um, obviously without compromising. And this was in 2020. Uh, the beginning of the pandemic when, you know, there was no vaccine and people were asking to stay home, do not interact with others. Um, so I sent that note and I said, I'm, I'm willing to come out and and photograph from outside in, in your front porch. And it was called Front Porch Project. Um, provide you with five to 10 images of you and your family so you can share with your uh, families um, that you haven't seen for a while and then you don't know when you're going to see them again, but just so they can see that. And I started with 10 family open slots and I ended up getting 32 requests. Uh, and of course, at that point, I'm like, I'm not going to turn people away. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, people are sad. This is devastating. Uh, so that opened the door to more than 32 people that will reach out to say, Hey, Christmas is coming. Can we do our family holiday picture? So that was fascinating. I did the same thing. I went, I sent an email to this nonprofit that I do uh, work with and they focus on doing, um, providing housing for low income families, uh, within Boston. It's in the center of Boston. It's, it's, the only place that the people I will say can afford to live in the city of Boston because Boston is so expensive. And what I did is I went around the neighborhood of this residence and I did the same thing. Took their portrait picture, sent them digital images for them to download it uh, and have them. So that was really fascinating. And it opened the doors to so many new opportunities and, and it was something that he first started as a this is so sad this is so fucked up how this the pandemic is impacting people and they can't see families they are across the country some of the family members were in the west coast so this will give them and granted i mean you still have a cell phone but it's not the same when you're having a high resolution image that is being done for you versus a selfie or yeah setting up your cell phone and do it. Um, but it was, it, it was, it was really fun meeting all these people too. And, you know, doing the virtual hug from a distance, like, thank you so much. So it was really, really, um, special moment, which opened the doors to what now I feel that it's, it's been a, an incredible journey in the last two years in Vermont. Okay. So would you say that's your most memorable moment in photography? Um, I will say that that's a very special, yeah, moment in, in the photography. Oh. Sounds very, um, 
rewarding for you and it's awesome that you were able to provide families with um these portraits and uh, it was a good it's a good idea uh and it kind of restores people's faith in humanity for someone like you to go out and provide these services you didn't have to and especially during covid a lot of people were scared they didn't know what the fuck to do they're like oh you stay away from me but here you are, small town, decided to take their photos and um, bring joy and happiness back to their families in the time of need. So uh, I'm going to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And I felt, I felt good. Uh, a lot of these people now, I'm, I'm friends with them and I'm in town. So it's, it's small town. Yeah. Good karma, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Population 62. Nah, that's a joke, by the way. So, my next question for you is a very controversial question. Now, oh the, boy, no, don't worry, it's not, it's not bad. Uh, for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to give you an option, two options. You can only pick one. Most people are going to try to pick two. They always go for two, but you can only pick one just for the podcast. So you got to think long and hard about this. So when you're out in the streets making photos your decisive moment everybody knows the term and what i mean by that is um, the moment where you know you have to push the shutter when's the right time right now do you consider it luck or skill you can only pick one um Oh gosh, yeah, that is controversial. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I, I, I that's such a conflicted <laughs> question. Um, what do you think? Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go with the lock okay. aspect. Um, mainly because I feel that I've been so lucky and fortunate in so many ways. <laughs> um, I have this ongoing joke that I tell people, I said, there, there's an ass for every chair. Somebody's going to sit on it. Mm -hmm. And I feel that with my photography, um, I feel that someone's going to like it. Someone's going to love it. And, and this is how far I've gone because of it. So kind of the same scenario. So I would say luck. Okay. Yeah, it's always hard to choose. We all know it's both, but I just like to pick people's brains on on how they feel about it. So I'm gonna counter you and say it's skill. Because I'll take it. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I I always I most people say luck. I you know, I guess it's just by default I have to pick the opposite. But skill is more uh, because depending on your settings, right? If you, if most people, I don't know most people's settings on their their camera. But what I like to think people are um, following YouTube videos and they put their camera drive on continuous high and they can just spray and pray and get it. But me. I keep mines on single shot, so I know I control every moment of when I push my shutter. 
intentionally. That makes two of us. Yeah. So the skill part is knowing that very exact moment when I want to push the shutter. So again, just for the sake of the podcast, only choose one. We know the luck part comes being in the right place at the right time. That's pure 100% luck. Um, another aspect of the luck is uh, anticipating the moment you anticipate it actually coming into fruition and happening right there in front of you. And then the skill part is for you to actually push the shutter at that exact moment to get the moment. So that is why it's both on my my view. Um, but yeah, I just like to share and, and ask people what they feel. So now um, we're going to go ahead and introduce your social media accounts, anything you own that's yours and you'll like the world to know how to view your work, see you, follow you, support you. So Instagrams, Twitters, Vero's, Facebooks, LinkedIn, anything that's yours that you would like the world to know about. Yeah, I think at the moment the only thing I'm using is Instagram and and my uh, website. Um, I feel that my website keep. I mean, I I have it up today, but it, there is just so much work that I sometimes I'm like I don't want people to go in and be like, "Holy shit, there's a lot of stuff there." Yeah. <laughs> um, so I start with I start with Instagram. I like take a look at Instagram. I, I don't share everything that I do commercially there, like headshots and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll ask them, then you look at in my bio, my bio, there's my website and then you can see all my intense, intensive work. So, um, my Instagram is Juan J U A N cast photo. So it's J U A N K A S F O T O. And Juan cast is, what my friends used to call me when I was a kid in Puerto Rico, instead of calling me Juan Carlos or Carlos, they would say, Juanca, let's go here. Juanca, let's get together. So that always stuck with me. And I decided to do that as my Instagram handle. And it's the same for my website, juancasfoto.com. All right. Pretty simple. I will include those in the show notes. Um, but now, um, what I like to do is I grab a photo from people's Instagrams because this is typically how I contact people to record with me. Uh, so um, the photo I would like to discuss is uh, it looks like it was in Oaxaca. I can kind of say it. I think that's right. Uh, Mexico, Day of the Dead. This guy's wearing a blue mask. I can tell it's flash and it's at nighttime. So uh, I got my camera on, so I'll show the photo. I got to get it close to my face. That's the one. Uh, oh, yeah. Please tell me and the listeners uh, what you remember about this photo. What inspired you to take it? That photo, it was uh, Day of the Dead. Uh, like you mentioned, Oaxaca, Mexico. Um, beautiful, beautiful town or city in Mexico. Fell in love with it. Um, the celebration, we don't celebrate it in Puerto Rico, 
Um, Theater of the Dead, and I've always wanted to experience that. I went there uh, with another photographer. He's a National Geographic photographer, Raul. Um, such a talented guy. Um, and we were just capturing this insane festivity. I mean, in Puerto Rico, we we have some insane festivity. And when I say insane, is is in a, in a good way where it's just vibrant colors, passion, movement, there you name it. Um, they were um, doing comparsas, which is almost like a parade in, in English, I will say. Um, and there is just so much happening. And this particular guy, his mask, if you look at it closer, he's just very, there's a lot of detail. And, and all this is done by him. Yeah. Um, and the guy, you know, I saw him earlier. He was, taking a sip of water before he started dancing. And I asked him if I could get him before he goes into the comparsa. And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I said, but I want you to dance. I want you to do whatever you will do in a comparsa. And he's like, okay, yeah, you just follow me and we'll go in. Um, the colors and everything, I just felt that it just captured everything that I saw within that celebration that night where it's color, there is the, the, the tradition, the, the night aspect of it, having a flash and, and being able to be so close to, to this. I mean, I was wearing, I was using an eleven sixteen lens and I was like inches from his face. <laughs> so, um, a lot could go wrong at that time or a lot could go right at that time. So, um, it was just unbelievable experience. I, 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 if I always tell people, if you've never been to Day of the Dead in Mexico, yeah, uh, I highly recommend Oaxaca, Mexico for that. And, and and this is what you'll see: just color, light, passion, and insanity, cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that looks awesome. So I definitely would not mind going to this event. Looks like it's a great time. You shot this on a 11 millimeter wide lens? 11, 16, yeah. Wow. Was it crop sensor? Uh, no, it was it literally it was all manual and it was all like, right. What you, what I got, what you see is what I captured that day. Yeah, that's, you got to be really close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, inches away. You're I not think lying. I, 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 I don't. Um, I didn't share much. Like, I think that there's. I think they have it within the. What do you call it? On Instagram, there is a bookmark. Mm-hmm. It's called Data of the Dead. Um, and there, there are some other images of the same scenario where where I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them I have to be cautious because they're they're always dan- you know they're dancing they move their hands they have attachment to their outfits and there were close calls that I'm like holy shit I'm about to get whipped with this um, but yeah I was I, I was for that you have to be really personal and yeah that's when you come handy when you talk to them and you're like this is what I'm gonna do you dance but they'll they're aware that you're there in their space so. That's awesome. Anyway, 
that is an amazing photo. So to all the listeners, go to his Instagram and check it out. It is literally a Day of the Dead person with a mask, a sombrero, a blue, I want to say, serape or cape. It's very noticeable, so you will see it instantly, uh, but it's an awesome photo. So uh, thanks for taking that and actually sharing that with the world. Are you working on any projects right now? So photo book scenes, long-term, short-term, long-term, short-term. Sorry, I mispronounced those. Yeah, uh, long-term. I started in December of 2021. um, And I'm just finalizing now this December 2022 for a photography exhibit in Woodstock, Vermont, actually. Um, And the name of the project is called Vermont Female Farmers. Mm -hmm. What I've done is I've traveled the entire state of Vermont and met with female farmers in in the state of Vermont, capturing them in different times of the year. Um, I have a total of 40 farmers that I met. it, it has been a an incredible journey and an incredible eye-opener for the female agriculture industry. There's a lot of women out there, um, badasses, man, I tell you. Mm-hmm. But it put me to shame at times where I'm like, holy shit, this is like legit hard work. Um, and then have a whole other level of respect for the farming industry, especially the women. Um, so the, the, the name of the project came up with, you know, uh, I was having dinner and growing up, you know, my grandmother, we used to go to my grandmother's in, in my town, Maunabo. she had cows, she had chickens, she got pigs and everything. And, and every time that she will sell things for local people will ask her, you know, who's the guy that, that managed the farm or the animals. And, and that always sort of stuck with me. And my mom was one out of 11 and we grew up in, in Puerto Rico where the woman normally was um, a stay home because the man was the, uh, you know, the, the worker, the, the man of the house in the part. Yeah. So the woman, I mean, I joke with my aunts because most of my aunts are, are, are single and I'm like, you all kill your husband. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just a successful woman now, powerful woman. Some of them have their own business and so forth. But not to, to detour from the project, I, I that always stuck with me with, with uh, my grandmother. And then fast forward when I went, we were having dinner at a farm-to-table restaurant and couples nearby say to the waitress, staff, who's the guy that you get the veggies from or who's the guy that you get the meats from? So that was just like a deja vu moment when I was like, holy fuck, this is still the mentality that people think of. Yeah. It's just a guy that does this stuff work. So I started out, I asked my um, my friends um, who are female, I said, this is an idea that I have, and they love the idea. So I started that aspect of the project that December of 2021, and now I'm just done, about to be done with it. Going to print them, have them exhibit at a farm slash museum in Woodstock. It's called Billings Farm and Museum. Um, 
they'll host the exhibit for 12 weeks this coming summer of 2023 um goes goes into the fall and i'll have a book that will come along with it as well nice sounds so awesome. if you ever want comes yeah 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 uh if i'm ever in the states and in the state of vermont i would definitely check it out but to all the listeners that are there, I know I have a few friends in Boston, so go ahead, take a drive, go support Juan, look at his work, buy a book. Um, I'm in Okinawa, that's the only way I, reason why I say that. Um, so a little bit hard at the moment, but if I was there, definitely would go check that out. Uh, but where would you say you would like to be a month a year, 10 years, the time is just an example, but the future is the goal. Where would you like to be with your photography in the future? Uh, I just want to continue to, to create and, and just come in, you know, have other welcoming experience. And, and you know, not that, that I want anything to come through easy, because I, I always say easy doesn't make it doesn't make you think and doesn't make you grow. Um, Cause I love the challenges, but also love the idea of coming into people's life in one way or another. Um, so that's the, that's the part that I hope that it continue and, and it continue to grow in that aspect. It's just coming into people's lives, sharing my photography and hopefully they, they appreciate the way that I appreciate being with them and, 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 showing my art around them okay. and creating art around them. Mm-hmm. All right. Create. So, um, what motivates you to continue shooting in the streets? Do you see yourself ever stopping to focus on commercial work or do you see yourself stopping commercial work to shoot purely in the streets, street photography? Or do you plan on keeping it both still? Yeah, I think that I, that's the part that I, um, I love. When people ask me, you know, what what kind of photography you normally do, um, I tend to tell people that, that I am a, that I do general photography and then kind of break it into detail. Uh, and mainly because I... I it's not that I don't want to miss anything. It's just that there's so much out there to see and do and create mm-hmm. that I feel that limiting myself to something might, might prevent me from discovering other events. So if that makes sense. So yeah. Very active. I'm always hiking in the mountains or, or if I'm doing some travel, always my camera's hanging on my neck and, it's just there's so much to see out there that I I want to be able to capture and share with the world. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people now, um, from the people I've speak to, I should say, are starting to um, not starting to. They whenever I speak to them, you know, most most of the time it's the first time I've ever had a conversation like this with them, but. They say they don't like to put labels on the type of photography that they do, kind of like how you mentioned. And uh, it makes sense. Everyone should just make photos that they enjoy making, whether it's in the streets, landscapes, corporate, headshots, studio portraits, whatever it may be. Uh, 
Um, but I kind of said it, you know, not to label a person with just one type of photography, but if people ask, sometimes it's easier to just uh, kind of narrow it down. Like, oh, I'm a street photographer. Um, I'm this kind of photographer. I'm a documentary photographer. And that way it may help people kind of understand what kind of photos they actually make. So uh, now, because I actually finished and completed my certificate in photojournalism, I introduce myself as a photojournalist now. Uh, however, if I'm trying to market my work, most people don't understand or know what street photography is, so I just say fine art. It's a bad, kind of a bad term, kind of like artsy, heavily photoshopped, but people will kind of get the idea of what it is. They're like, street photographer? I don't know what that is. If you tell them it's fine arts, then they're like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I know. I don't know. That's how I see it. That's just my opinion. Uh, but that's just to kind of um, tie back to how you said label photographer. So, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is so funny. Like, when there have been time when people ask me, to like do some work or something and I will tell them, yeah, take a look at my Instagram. And within that, like I mentioned, you know, there's my, the link for my website. Um, then you can see, but then they will see some of the work that I've done or some of the recognition that I've done. And they have been scenarios where they say, you know, I saw your profile and I think that you might be a little bit more than, than what we want to spend. I'm like, well, how could you determine that? <laughs> yeah. I can do it all. I mean, how was money? <laughs> Sorry about that. What did you say? No, I was saying, I can do it all. You just seen a little bit of my work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and you see, that's exactly why now it's kind of like, I say fine art, because that can kind of encompass more than just taking pictures of people in the street. So it's all about trying to have the person understand the message you're trying to deliver to them yeah and i think that like the, the the part that um the part of asking people to see what i've done in the past mm -hmm. and i guess it's just because i'm very visual i have to see things like if you explain me this is what i want this is the idea so i'll, I'll get it like i visualize it and i create it in my mind and stuff but if someone were to see me, oh, I, this is the type of photography I do. I tend to go a little darker. I like the dark colors. I'll be like, what the fuck? I need to see this. I need to see this because you're just throwing me off completely. Mm -hmm. So that's the visual part of me that I, I'm like, I need to see this shit. Otherwise, I, it's going to drive me crazy. Um, and that's why I tell people, take a look at my website. Take a look at my Instagram. And that will determine whether or not you want to work with me. Exactly. That's cool. So uh, I know we're pressed for time, so I'm trying to wrap this up. Uh, it looks like we will be able to make it. Um, but a couple of questions, last few. Um, next one would be, if you could go back to day one when you were 10 years old and you decided you wanted to be a photographer, what advice would you give yourself? Um, 
Take more risk. Okay. What kind of risks would you take? You know, there were times uh, of my life where, you know, obviously like growing up in the project where we, you know, used to fight. Used to like, you know, and sometimes there would be like, I would be taking a picture or taking a newspaper or doing something. And, and I just felt like I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to take this picture because I don't want to fight with this person. Um, but then realizing now that if you take the risk to go introduce yourself and like talk to the person and like, you know, and that's more of a adulting aspect of it. Um, but we didn't have that mentoring part from other people, which I tend to do a lot now with some people reach out to me on Instagram and say, Hey, you know, they have a few minutes. I would love to talk to you. So that I wish I had growing up. So, I, cause I think that I, I like taking risks, but also I wish I did that early on. And that's, that's that I love to share with people is to reach out to me. Like if you have any question, I, I will, I love telling people, you know, this is what I've done in the past. And just because I do a certain way doesn't make it right. But it also gives them an idea of what I've done and what I did and what I didn't do. And if you got a chance to do it, fucking do it, dude. Because there is so much out there. And we only live once. And this shit goes by fast. <laughs> yeah, it does. 10,000 hours goes by a lot faster than you think it does. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, take risks. That's, I think that's the first time I've actually heard someone say that directly. Um, yeah. With the risks comes great with re- great rewards. So that's for everybody out there listening. Take more risks. Don't be scared. Just do it. So now is a part of the podcast where I would like for you to recognize, highlight any up and coming photographers or photographers you follow that you feel do not get the recognition they deserve. So no one famous like Joel Meyerowitz or Sebastian Salgado. Uh, everybody knows who they are. I'm trying to highlight and um, spread the word and the names of people that need to be recognized. You know, um, I always say his name uh, wrong. But he's a, uh, I'm a huge fan of his work. His name is Derek Fassbender. Have you heard of him? Uh, I have, and I actually just started speaking to him not long ago. He's going to be a guest on the show. Hopefully we can get him soon. Love, 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 love his work. I own one of his um, books. He just came, I came up with a book during the pandemic. Um, and mainly, um, like he shows a lot of his work in a way that you don't see it often. And, and it's in a way of sharing his day-to-day life in the back, you know, behind the photography aspect where I feel that I've known, I've never met, met his son, but I feel that I know his son because of his um, stories and how he shared with the world that, um, so that part I highly admire and respect uh, being a dad in the city as a street photographer. Um, 
you know, and his wife, how supportive she is and everything. So I love, love, love his work. And his work is just such an epic, crisp, sharp, from edge to edge. Yeah. Um, really cool stuff. And it just almost kind of gave me that deja vu of what would it be growing up in the city of, of New York um, or being in the city of New York as a photographer. Uh, so that's a long answer. <laughs> Derek Fassbender, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. So I got to apologize. I thought I was, I thought I was thinking about the same person you just highlighted. Uh, it was not, it was a different Derek with a very similar close last name, but uh, I will reach out to this one, Derek Fashbender, and I'll see if he's interested on re- about recording an episode. Uh, that's pretty much how I, I get most of my guests. I just take the, the highlight, highlighted people, and I reach out and see if they want to be guests. Um, but now I got the right one. I'm going to send them a message soon. Uh, is there anyone I can send you also his. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. I can send you his um, Instagram too, just to confirm it if you want. Okay. Actually, I just found them from your profile, so I just added it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do appreciate it. Uh, and I was going to ask you if there was anyone else you would like to highlight. It doesn't have to be one person. Um. There are just so many people that I follow and um, and that I admire. Um, yeah, I can think of, of anyone at the moment. I mean, there's just um, she does a lot of the. Um, I'm just looking for her name. Real quick, sorry. Oh, it's fine. Take your time. I can't come up with her name. You know, I used to follow her a lot on on, on Instagram. Um, but I think that she was quitting Instagram, I guess. Um, but anyhow, there's uh, this other guy that I also follow. His, um, his work, um, pretty sick, sick, sick work. Um, um, his name is... Demby Malibu. Ah, Brian Demby. Uh, yeah, I know him. I mean, he's been a he was a guest on my show, and we actually exchange messages uh, every now and then. We were just talking earlier, actually. Funny story about him: he uh, was a finalist in the Miami International Street Photography Photo thing yes. down there, and they fucked him over. They didn't print his photos out, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everybody gang together in support for for Brian. Shout out to you, Brian. We got you. Don't worry. Um, and we kept uh, harassing the Miami Photo Fair or whoever it is that hosts it. And uh, they're actually trying to uh, correct the situation. So hopefully they get it done. Uh, but yeah, I do agree. Uh, Demby's work. I call him Demby, but his name is Brian. So um, I'm sorry if I. If you, but anyways, uh, his work is simply amazing. So I do agree. Um, he is one of those photographers with an amazing eye. Yeah, pretty epic. Love, 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 love his work. Yeah, so I do agree. I uh, will plug him in here as well, just so for those that 
listen late, don't know who he is, uh, they can check his work out. Uh, is there anyone else? Um, I get random. There's some... Um, if you can't, I'm just them, looking real quick. Yeah, you could send me links yeah, on Instagram, that. and I can upload them. Not a problem. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Um, and then, with that being said, the last question I always ask is, "What?" Oh, thank you, Craig Clark. What does street photography mean to you? I think it's passion for me. Um, I think that there's just so much to see and. And if you let yourself and, and involved within, mm-hmm. you can get so much out of it. And don't just don't don't overwhelm yourself. I mean, I, I always carry my my camera on my neck, and it's just like constantly like just it all it takes is just one one finger press, like touch and capture it, frame it, and call it a day. But there's a lot of passion there, I think, and a lot of intensity there that I love. And I wish that every day was like that, and that it was like the streets where there's just so much happening. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Passion. Uh, another one that that's the first time I've heard that. Um, there's no right or wrong answers. Passion is is a good one, and it's really good to be passionate about making street photography photos if that's what you like. I like it. I'm passionate about it, and now maybe I'll start using that term as well. I love it. Yeah. So uh, once again, like I said, that's the last question I ask. Now I'll give you the opportunity to ask me. Uh, any questions you may like, and I will answer the best I can. I guess that uh, how what motivates you to to do this um, um, this podcast? I think that is it's really cool. Obviously, you know, especially for us who are on the go. I mean, I'm when I'm on the street or on the go. Like I'll mm-hmm. be in New York next week, for example. When headphones on listening to the podcast or something like this. Um, I love music too, but, but obviously I, I love listening to things like that, where it's like the storytelling of, of the photography aspect. And this is exactly what, what is, is I feel that it has been overdue. So like for me, asking you is essentially what, what pushed you to do this, um, which I think is a brilliant idea, by the way. <laughs> Well, first, I do appreciate it, so thank you. And I'm actually going to hit you with the same answer you hit me with. It's passion. Uh, I love street photography. I loved it. A little quick, um, brief background on the inspiration to start the podcast about street photography. When I lived in England a few years ago, I actually was, uh, I'll say this, I I was a co-host. I like to say I was the host because I did most of the talking, but... I was the co-host of a radio show, and I really enjoyed it. I like talking. I like talking to people. I like meeting new people. I like to be. I just like to be out there in the world. I'm very 
uh, energetic. I'm extroverted. Um, I'm not shy anymore, which is really weird because when I was young and in high school, I was timid. I was didn't want to talk to anybody I didn't know. I was kept to myself. I was that loner. And then I grew up and I started realizing that I needed to get out of my my shell and that I shouldn't be afraid to talk to people. People, they're just people. A person's a person just like me. I'm a person. They're a person. Everybody is a person. And um, I started becoming more social. I wasn't scared to approach people and have conversations with strangers. I started traveling all around the world when I joined the military and I started meeting even more people. So that just kind of opened me up on accepting um, people as we're all equal. There's like no one is better than another person. And just having that mentality allowed me to be more confident in speaking with others. And that's why I enjoyed the radio show. So then I put the two passions together, speaking, meeting new people, networking, creating social networks, building a community. I rolled that all up and I started this podcast. Awesome. I think that is just such a great idea. Thank you. And for all of those non-believers out there, for everyone who's told me no, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this. Every time someone tells me no, the price goes up. So um, I, I'm not trying to, you know, be full of myself, but I'm, I'm just being honest here. This podcast is becoming more popular than what I expected it, and it's only going up. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon, and um, for all the non-believers out there, I'm just going to prove you wrong. That's what I like to do. So uh, the price just went up. Just remember that. Um, to everybody who believed in me, I appreciate your support. Um, yeah, this is just a great time. I just like talking to people, and um, it's it's it. It's just building from here. And uh, whether you know it or not, you being on this podcast, you're actually being uh, included in the community I'm building. A lot of people don't know about it, um, but you'll see whenever this podcast comes out, all the people that are going to kind of just start um contacting you talking to you and like hey I heard you on the podcast I get it a lot I get people I get messages almost every day now from people I never knew like hey I love I love the podcast I love what you're doing so um I keep doing this for those people the listeners the supporters and um yeah so I do once again thank you for for saying saying what you did earlier Absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things, like I remember, like I mentioned earlier, that I growing up in the projects where we don't know, mm -hmm. like getting a camera of film, disposable camera was literally a treat. And just to look back and dream. And I remember looking at magazines where people use like a camera. And I'm like, there's no way in hell that I'll be able to. But then I see it was the moment that I shifted things and say, instead of saying, there's no way that I can afford that, I shifted to, how can I afford that? Rich what can that. I do to afford Yeah. Yeah. And how can I do this? And how can I get to that level? And even though I started off with uh, Nikon, I mm -hmm. 
um, I still feel that I, I that I, I don't want to let go on that because I, I, I sort of opened it opened the door for me in so many ways. Um, but then obviously you always shooting for that next level and, and not because it's, it's just being greedy or, or, or anything. I, I think that it's okay to be ambitious and it is okay to always want more and, and always be greater than, than, than what you've done. And cause I think that that's what keeps you going. And I, I, and I always say that I'm, I'm not better than anyone, but nobody's better than me. We're equal. We're at uh, the same level. And I think that we all deserve that opportunity and, and if there's ways like this one to collaborate in, in scenarios like this that also open the door for many of us, I think that this is just such a great way to do so. And it's an organic, passionate way to do it. Sharing the same passion, same same sharing the same interest. And, and I think that is pretty fucking epic. Definitely, definitely. So uh do agree and thank you for that uh any other questions i'm not trying to limit you you can ask me as many as you want no i think that i, I this is great i mean i'm hearing from 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 you and and how all this evolved and, and how you you created what you have now is just awesome and i congratulate you for that oh, thank you and also, thank you for, for the opportunity and the platform. So oh, no uh, I'm super excited. You to make see my job a lot grow. easier. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I would have ran out of things to say like a year ago when I started this on my little fucking table, the living room. What do I talk about now? But yeah, the listeners, the supporters, the people who contribute, they make this uh, so much easier. And um yeah, a lot of people probably don't understand how difficult this is to keep on going. Um, there's days where I'm like, man, I don't want to record this, but I keep doing it because I really enjoy it. Um, but I do appreciate the support. And yeah, thank you. Appreciate the conversation. It was a great conversation. Uh, it's a little shorter than I normally record, but life happens and we both got obligations. So uh, thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. You all have a great day. Juan Carlos Gonzalez. Go support him. Check him out. Like a street photography collective.